pal, welcome to the Enhanced Performance Podcast with your host, Adam Lusby. And this podcast is going to be all about performance in any field, whether it be sports, training, nutrition, mindset, business, lifestyle, anything that you want to up your performance in, we have got you covered, so let's go. <laughs> On today's podcast, we have a man who, in his spare time, creates masterpieces, Dundee's answer to Pablo Picasso and Ronaldo rolled into one Leighton Macintosh. Hello Leighton, how are you? Wow, what an intro that was by the way. Yeah, my intros are amazing. I need to start taking it about with me. Yeah. <laughs> Just narrate your life. Just, <laughs> Just introduce me. Yeah, class. How are you doing though mate, you alright? I'm all good mate, how are you? Good bro. So, we have numerous things to cover. You're a very talented man so we're going to cover a, br- a broad range of things first of all how's pre-season been though no it's been good um tougher than maybe pre-seasons over the past mm. couple of years like the new the new managers came in and done a lot of running to be fair <laughs> um obviously mixed in with the games and stuff as yeah. well but um nah, you, you, you always benefit from it like when you're doing it you're hating it i hate life you know what i mean but um not nah, feeling good Good man, good. How long have we got until your first game? Like, I know you're playing like you're playing cup games just now. Yeah, yeah. Just now, um, so I think we've maybe got another two cup games, and then you're back. And then back. So a few weeks to go for the swing of things. Nice, and you've just been promoted as well, so not bad, eh? Yep. So about that, we're going to talk about that specifically because how many teams in that league will be part time like Cove? Um. Well, we've got our bro. Mm-hmm. Big of um, our bro. Our bro, Gold, I think now. Queens, Queens Park. Are they go? Are they? Are they, are they yeah, I'm pretty, sure, pretty sure they're... Oh, no, they're full-time. They're full-time, aren't they? I was about to say. Yeah. I really think of many Maybe just you two, then. <coughs> obviously, made a big thing about it, about how well our bro's done. Yeah. And being part-time, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think off the top of my head. Clubs are constantly kind of switching in and out of, like, hybrid and that. These hybrid, days, yeah. So it's it's hard to tell, but I think, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Do you think that's why Cove have decided to stay part-time? Because they've seen the success of what Arbroath did last season, like very, very nearly getting promoted. And Yeah, I think so. I mean, <coughs> I would think they would see that as, uh, you know, they don't have to rush into it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, seeing how well Arbroath had done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think they have plans to go to a hybrid system. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess it's just about getting the right squad and players yeah. in to kind of like facilitate that as well. You know what I mean? And that hybrid system, how does that work? Because that's obviously, that's a fairly new thing, isn't it? Like, or has that been about it's, for a while? Because um, I've only heard about it over the last maybe two years. Yeah, I think more teams are trying to do it more often mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Obviously, RJ done it, I think, a season after I left. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously... In part-time situations, boys have jobs and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes it might not be the smartest thing for them financially to mm-hmm. go, yeah. go full-time. So, but maybe half the squad can do. Mm-hmm. So hybrid kind of makes sense. And is that how they work the hybrid? Do they do they literally ask you, or are you told, look, we want you part of the because like, obviously it'd be <coughs> like split, doesn't it? Get split. Like, see, half the players are on part-time, half the players. Is that how the hybrid works? Or I think so. I mean, I've never personally been In part it. of a hybrid. Yeah. I've never been, like, all full-time or mm. all part-time. But I would imagine they would obviously speak to the players and say, mm-hmm. like, could you do 
full time and obviously maybe a contract negotiation or mm-hmm. something like that and then I think it'll basically boil down to if it makes sense financially yeah. then they'll do that or maybe maybe it's around about the same but they just want to, to go full time because yeah. I don't know the hate, hate their jobs or something yeah hate jobs <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, so you mentioned you were at Airdrie there I was just thinking of the clubs you've been at and one popped up that is obviously a bit interesting or a bit more interesting that's the Iceland club what were they called again? Uh, Selfos. Yeah, so you were there. What was that like going to Iceland? Because you don't hear of many people playing football out there. Yeah, I know. Um, No, I loved it. Yeah? It was such a good experience. I think when I left um, Dundee and I was at Peterhead and stuff like that, I'd always wanted to play abroad in some sort of capacity. I think around about that time I got offers to go to um, Asia. Really? And stuff like that. But... um, it just didn't really kind of, well, it didn't work out, but I mean, I think Iceland was a bit more kind of appealing to me. It was a mm-hmm. bit closer and stuff mm-hmm. like that as well. Um, but yeah, it was such a unique experience. Like, obviously, just the type of football, how they work over there, they do everything like really well. Mm. <coughs> um, really professional, like for the levels and stuff like that. Um, that they're playing at like all kind of levels, like... Um, you know, take strength and conditioning like really serious really? and stuff like that. And the training's really good. The facilities are amazing. Um, the ground is so hard though. Is it? Oh my god! Yeah, it's Would like because it's like well, it's like everyone's like it's almost like volcanic. Volcanic kind of like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I remember my fucking joints were hating <laughs> <laughs> it. Sore going to like training every day, but um, not nah, a good experience. Like I've seen so many cool things just obviously mm. out with training and stuff like that i had never been able to yeah. see if it was just going over for you know a holiday or something yeah. like that that's um, well yeah it's an interesting place it's nothing it's not where you immediately would think to go as a footballer was there any like uh, cultural differences in like the dressing room there like is there things that because i had boys talking about going over to america and there's a cultural difference in the kind of in the dressing room where like it's not as you know, it's no banter. They're quite quiet. People be reading books and stuff. Um, and nah, I mean, apart from them speaking a whole different language, <laughs> um, they definitely had banter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of the banter they're having was in Icelandic. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. So maybe uh, at your expense. Yeah, it's all about you. But no, nah, no, nah, all of them spoke really good English and right. stuff. So they always kind of go out of their way to make you feel part yeah. of um, banner and stuff like that but no it was it was like most changing rooms to be fair mm-hmm. um took everything serious i i kind of maybe thought maybe beforehand that it wouldn't be as kind of professional and stuff like that yeah, and training yeah, yeah. wouldn't be like as intense but i was completely wrong really um really good standards yeah. that's brilliant out of all the leagues and levels you've been to what do you think are like is there like a a common denominator throughout all those things is there a common theme like or is there something do they all kind of bring something different to their training it, or is it all like all the teams you've been at being high professional levels and do they take it all seriously do they train really hard throughout wherever you've been is there somewhere they train better but their facilities aren't as good or anything like that you've found throughout your time being at various clubs um yeah that's a good question i mean i think in terms of like intensity it's mm. always been very good for mm. the clubs I've been at anyway yeah um, 
yeah, I mean, facilities, every team has got their own kind of like style and mm. personality in terms mm. of where they train, how they train, kind yeah. of thing. Like, um, the facilities when I was at Wrexham, like, were really good. Right, yeah. Um, and like the training grounds and stuff like that were mm. a lot better there, I'd say. Um, and, you know, they were obviously a bit more kind of focused on like the strength and conditioning side so we'd obviously but that comes with full time in that as well yeah so it's just the money isn't it yeah so you know we'd be doing sessions always mm-hmm. you know within the, within the season and then um, even like after games and stuff like mm-hmm. that like a kind of like I don't know like uh, priming yourself again yeah, yeah, the, yeah, next, yeah. the next game kind of thing that's good um, doing that but yeah, kind of. I'd say not too much of like not a, a huge massive difference. difference. You know what I mean? I think yeah. Um, kind of in, as long as the intensity is in training, boys aren't, you know, kind of like mucking around and yeah. stuff like that. I've heard at some clubs, and it's just like the first thing they say is, "Oh, training's a shambles." You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not what you want, it's is just it? Because I think if, if you've got that manager there, or coach, or whatever that installs that intensity, then it's always going to be. Do you think it is a top-down thing where it comes from the manager first, or is it just the personality you have in the change room? Um, I think it can be a mixture of both but when it comes down to it I think if you're keeping a level of intensity it'll be the manager because at the end of the day he's the one that's picking the team Yeah. if he is involved in training mm-hmm. and making sure he's on boys then no matter what kind of personality you are you're you going to give that unless I don't know you get a head loss all the time or yeah. something like that you know what I mean? yeah that's fair enough so growing up I'm going to go back in time now Growing up, fun fact, actually, Leighton was uh, taught by my mum, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so fun fact, just throw that in there. <laughs> I know. Mrs. Lusby. <laughs> I, I didn't even realise. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, what, first couple of weeks I was yeah. training with you? Yeah. Like, you look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I think the second name Lusby is a slight giveaway. Yeah, it's not I the know, most common. But yeah, that's a fun fact I just thought I'd let you in now. Um, no, but growing up, you had, obviously, first of all, you had a lot of injuries when you were at Dundee. Or not, uh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Was there any a point during that time where you were like, Maybe this isn't going to happen for me. Maybe, maybe I'm just best pack it in and go and get in the paintbrushes out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking as extreme as that, but um, no, it was. Um, <clears throat> I think I was picking up so many injuries and niggles and stuff like that that I was almost getting used to it a bit too much. Right. Okay. Um, and I just felt like uh, I mean when I was at Dundee especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. I think I, looking back now, I was maybe trying to do too much because I think my attitude was, was really good when I was younger and I mm-hmm. would always train hard and I would try and do extra and mm-hmm. go to the gym and stuff like that. And like, my dad was always like really good with like motivating me and, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff. But I think, yeah, injury wise, y- you kind of don't know you don't know yeah kind of thing yeah. and i've learned so much now I've had, i think i've had so many different types of strange injuries mm-hmm. that um i've learned mm-hmm. so much kind of like growing up and mm-hmm. it just comes from experience really yeah and that's interesting you said you're almost probably doing too much yeah looking back now i think, I think, yeah, I think certain body types and certain type of people mm-hmm. you know kind of have to listen to your body mm-hmm. and you know you can get one person doing x y and z and feeling okay yeah and then 
you get maybe someone like yourself who does the exact same thing mm-hmm. and I'm picking up hamstring niggles, yeah. groin niggles and that kind of thing. I think that's like, <coughs> that's where like the personalization of a training program really, really helps. And that's what you see the people at the top level of sports are getting yeah and it's also the personalization of recovery as well mm-hmm. like so if you had if you were tracking your heart rate variability at that time yeah you'd yeah. be like oh wow I'm, I'm actually tired today because you as an athlete will have this innate ability to push through or a lot of athletes do to push through and dig deep and stuff but that can be a detriment sometimes because you'll be thinking oh i'm tired today yeah. and instead of listening to that you'll go oh, i'm a fucking pussy let's just go for it mm-hmm. you know what i mean so <laughs> it's trying to find that's why i like objective indicators like your heart rate variability to go i'm not being a pussy i actually am tired yeah, yeah i need to take a step step back yeah but you're like even now you train really really hard but you do you must obviously listen to your body a little bit more because yeah, you're yeah. always well one you've been training with me for how many years now a few years now eh? yeah what two years now and then like you're always you're always at the gym you're always doing stuff staying on top of any they're not injuries but anything that you're feeling you you listen to your body well Mm -hmm. and you're able to pick up on that and really listen in and really go right and we'll address this issue before it becomes an actual injury you know what i mean and i think that's a real strength of yours yeah i mean (coughs) and that just comes from (laughs) being injured Injured, (laughs) because if i feel something you know if I feel like my knees, mm-hmm. I don't know, a bit sore or mm-hmm. maybe, I'll know maybe like, all right, foam roll my quads and yeah. stuff like that. And then I might feel a little bit better. And like, mm-hmm. you get to know pains that you can push through and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I think when you're when you're younger as well, like, um, you don't kind of get that um, kind of guidance on, um, you know, take it easy yeah. kind of thing. It's always just kind of like, from my experience anyway, is like how much you can do, how much mm-hmm. you can push yourself and kind of thing like that. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why you see, uh, I think a lot of maybe um, younger players picking up big injuries and then they might yeah. not be able to come back from it. I think nowadays, strength and conditioning is way more part of like your everyday mm-hmm. routine for a footballer. And I think it's kind of trickling down towards like the younger ages like some of the people coming in with you like yeah. what like 15 15 14, 14 some of them, yeah. stuff like that like i don't think when i was 15 14 <coughs> i was even really thinking about i was thinking of obviously going to the gym and stuff like that but i wouldn't have any kind of like specific thing in my head to be like oh i need to yeah you know work on my posterior chain <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, i think it's changed a lot now which is good but. really good yeah i think that's don't know what's like the main catalyst of it. I don't know whether it is something as silly as social media and you're like seeing all these players maybe, doing their maybe. things or maybe it's just science has got on a little bit. Or, but it is really, I always say there's two things that will kind of destroy a young person's career and that's injuries and mindset. Mm-hmm. If they've got a terrible attitude, <laughs> we know boys that are super, super talented. Yeah, yeah. But they're nowhere now because they just have a terrible attitude. Yeah. Or they're playing way down in the leagues where they could be playing in, in the top leagues, you know? Yeah. And then you like, the other thing is injuries. And I feel like it's good that we've got strength and conditioning coming through, but a lot of teams don't have the person uh, the personalization of their strength and conditioning because, uh, yeah. because it costs money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you've only got, most teams have only got one strength and conditioning coach if they've got any, mm-hmm. right? You To personalize... What, how many boys in a squad? 25? Something like that? Yeah, like that. If that, maybe. 
Like you've got to personalise a lot of people's programmes and you've got to stay on top of them in the gym and look at what they're doing. It's, it's really, really tricky to do. Yeah. So like that's something that I want to try and bring into teams where they can have a, a little bit of personalisation to mm-hmm. their plan without like blowing all their wage on it or blowing all their, uh, their funds on it and stuff like that. Yeah, so exactly. I think that would really help a lot of the younger boys, certainly. Yeah, and I think it's, like you said, like making it more specific to football as well. Mm-hmm. Um because you know half the exercises that we do I would you know never have thought of to do yeah. then years ago yeah you know what I mean and it's like you can I think even when you're younger you can have a great attitude mm-hmm. and go to the gym and just be doing like I don't know bench press mm-hmm. and yeah. like just like obviously squat's good but simple squat just like simple stuff yeah. but like you said like being specific to that player mm-hmm. they might not need any of that and they need to actually something completely different you know what I mean? like at the very best it's probably doing nothing like that kind of stuff when you just go in the gym just random shit yeah you know what i mean yeah. but at its worst it's probably being a detriment to you exactly you know yeah. what i mean making things worse or mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's hard to, it's hard to kind of it's hard to get the balance of it but that's something that i hope to do in the future kind of help everybody the younger guys out by giving some kind of personalization yeah, to yeah. Be that guy. I will be that guy <laughs> so talking about being younger who did you look up to when you were younger is it a sports icon was it anybody who was it um, I think probably Thierry Henry Henry yeah yeah he's always. the lad there because I actually like I never actually started playing football a little bit maybe later, like obviously. Really? Yeah, well, my dad always tried to get me into rugby when I was younger. Really? He played rugby. Oh, he right. Loved, he loved rugby. But he said, like, when I was, because obviously you try and get your son into like yeah, early yeah. as possible, you know yeah. what I mean? So even when I don't know, like four or five or something like that. But I would always just kick the rugby ball. <laughs> um, and then I just remember getting into uh, football a bit more, like, well into primary. Mm-hmm. Um, because we got like a football pitch mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that, and then I think I just remember watching like Arsenal and Thierry Henry, and yeah. just like yeah, he's cold. <laughs> he's good. Eh? Yeah. I love how you thought that was late to get into a sport. Yeah, I was expecting like eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> no, no, I was six. You always hear <laughs> people playing football. It was just like always. Yeah, just had just a ball with them. Yeah, football. you're right. You're right. Mate, there was what, there was one time when I was playing like starting to play football and I was skateboarding as well. Yeah. And I was taking like skateboarding as serious as I was football. Like, football. Maybe even more. Really? Um and then yeah, kinda just Why did that fall off, do you think? What skateboarding? Yeah. Um because um when I signed for Dundee, I was mm-hmm. playing for like when youth level you're playing for like what your school, yeah. Dundee, Sunday yeah. League. And then I think when I was uh skateboarding maybe Dundee said like oh you can't be obviously mm-hmm. doing that at the same time mm-hmm. because you would get injured like, all the time. Yeah. Maybe that's why I was yeah. <laughs> injured <laughs> all the time like, after training skateboarding home but, um, no I kept you I kept you really fit to be fair, it. But, and it was fun I, I did miss it but um, yeah at one point I was properly there you go so Henri though Henri's yeah, the yeah, man yeah he is pretty cool to be fair he's go just like cool he's just always been a he's cool just guy chill. Yeah. yeah he always pretty cool now Talking about your skateboard, you've changed the skateboard for a paintbrush now, yeah. haven't you? That is your new hobby, and I kind of like that your your hobby is now something completely unrelated to football. Because I know a lot of boys that maybe do boxing, but their hobby is to go out on a run. 
You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, really? yeah, oh yeah. One of, my, on one of my guys loves running. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, know. stop running, man. <laughs> but chill out. But like, I like how you've got something that's completely unrelated yeah. to the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when did you get into that? When did you realize, I'm a painter. I'm pretty good at this. Just school, really. No? Um, primary, yeah. I always used to love drawing. I think I've always been kind of creative. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, when I went into high school, got quite good grades and that, and just just picked it up, just picked it up well. I'm just naturally mm-hmm. kind of good at it. And then, like, I think when you're in primary and as well, and you, you do, like, a better drawing than everyone else, and everyone's, like, gassing you up, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, I'm good at drawing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, when, obviously, when football came around, it mm-hmm. very much took a backseat. Yeah. It wasn't even really a thought of, like, to do art and things like that. Um, and I'd be lying if I said I can remember exactly why I kind of started getting into it again. Mm. Um, I just remember I'd done a few portraits just off the bat, and I think you know what, actually, I think I was maybe seeing a lot of like art accounts pop up on Instagram and stuff, right? Okay, and I was really interested in them and I was spending a lot of time looking at them. And I was kind of thinking I could make my own, you know, art page and yeah. just have it as a, like a, as a hobby. Um, I think when you're a creative person, you just get that urge to just to yeah. do something, you know yeah. what I mean? To do to do that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, fast forward the years and I've kind of tried to take it a bit more serious and realised mm-hmm. I would I would like to do that, um, you know, out with football. Yeah. And there's a lot of different avenues you can take it mm-hmm. in terms of like a brand and, and stuff like that. And go on and plug your, was it Gek or? Yeah. Yeah, plug it. G-E-C-K-O-R. Check it out <laughs> on Instagram. Um... <laughs> What I thought was interesting, but you talked about different avenues there, and you're right, because <coughs> I remember you told me that you got a piece, I, d- I don't know if I'm using the right terminology, commissioned, uh, for, is it Right Move, or? Oh, yeah, the you, Purple Bricks. Purple Bricks, that was purple that, Purple Bricks. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. So, like, yeah, how does that, one yeah, how does that even come about? That was a random one. They literally just sent me an email saying that, so this is when the Olympics was on, mm-hmm. and they were the official sponsor. Right, okay the olympics right and they wanted so they were basically commissioning sports people mm. within the uk um who had some affiliation with art so right. i think they had they had a boxer i can't remember his name Did they? yeah they had a boxer oh um really can't remember his name mm. and then they had um i think they had an olympic runner and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then from what they told me there were considering not doing anything in Scotland because they, they couldn't find anyone and mm. then I think they just came across me. Right. And they basically wanted to commission a painting that symbolised, like, home support because obviously they couldn't have fans and stuff like that. Right, got you. Uh, the whole COVID stuff. Um, so, yeah, they basically just emailed me saying, would you like to make a commission? These are, this is the theme kind of thing. And mm. I was like, yeah, cool. And then, then they were like, oh, yeah, we need it by, like, tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and i was like holy shit well that's mental because they're still using it because i still see it on their for sale signs i'm like oh there's lightning's thing oh, still, oh yeah i've not seen one in a while have you not yeah i've seen yeah, i saw no. one like maybe last month sometime oh really yeah. yeah it's funny because when they i was so focused on the painting that i forgot they were actually going to use them for the signs right okay everywhere. so then when i had done the painting and stuff like that <clears throat> i remember getting a um 
texts from people. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot in Glasgow for some reason because yeah. I wasn't really seeing many in Dundee, but in Glasgow being like, oh shit, I've seen yeah, you yeah. working that. I was like, no way, but that's pretty um, cool. Yeah, it was cool. That's cool. And then another one than you. This is a thing I like. Is you're going to are you going to do an NFT one or is that top secret? We're not allowed to say that. That is a bit top secret. Oh no, this nah, is blowing nah, you up. Nah. Um, no, my my plan is to obviously talking about like different avenues yeah. within the art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I learned to how to animate and um, when it was lockdown and stuff like mm-hmm. that because I've always been into animation. Well, that's the kind of style of my art, yeah. like animation, characters, and nostalgic cartoons and stuff like that and then in lockdown i learned to animate and then i kind of had the idea to make like a six-part series mm-hmm. animation mm-hmm. um and the characters will be um kind of like single nfts and they can have like a, a say in how the the story goes and, cool. and stuff like that but um yeah that's the that's pretty sure that's the, exclusive and for those who don't know what an nft is it's a non-fungible token but just think of it like digital art yeah basically. it's the future basically that's what it is. people have a lot of different opinions on it though what do you mean uh, just like a, a lot of people don't like them a lot of people the, like, all it, i can see why it can get like a bad kind of yeah rap but I think there's a, a kind of like bandwagon that people are jumping on, like, oh, NFTs are. But I think that's because. Shit, like, I think that's because the opposite happened and there was a bandwagon of NFTs yeah. are amazing. And then, like, yeah. it just produced mass shite. Like, there was yeah. so much nonsense that was getting produced by NFTs. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be the same generic thing. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. And you put a hat on it and it's another know, one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was Don't all wrong, yeah. nonsense. I think that's what's given it a bad name. But I think we need that period to siphon out the kind of shit. And then it'll come back to like this is real NFT, this is real art, yeah. rather than just a money making uh-huh. scheme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I get the people who say, "Oh, I can just screenshot it on my phone." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, but you can take a picture of whatever and say you can take a picture of a house, a mansion. Yeah. It doesn't make it your mansion. You know what I mean? You can take a picture of any piece of art on a wall. It doesn't make it your piece of art. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get what they're saying, but." For me, with that NFT stuff and with like blockchain and cryptocurrency, it's a new type of technology essentially. And with technology, it's like Pandora's box. Once it's opened, you can't put it back in. Mm-hmm. Like once the first fucking phone happened or the first iPhone, yeah. there was no way we we're going to regress and go backwards from there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we're always going to innovate and get yeah, yeah. more and more advanced, more and more advanced. And it's the same with this cryptocurrency, and it's the same with NFTs. They're going to use it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's going to be here. I think it's way too big to ignore now. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think them opinions kind of maybe come around if you don't truly kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. You've maybe not done the research on it, which yeah. I get mm-hmm. because yeah, like you said, there is a lot of <coughs> there is a lot of noise in the space, and everybody yeah. and their dogs are making NFTs to make to make money. You know what I mean? So yeah, once it kind of settles down, settles down, you'll the see quality. Yeah, you'll see they kind of lay the land because I didn't really get it at first. Like, I th- like I remember searching my uh, group chat with my mates on WhatsApp for the word Bitcoin, and we first talked about it in like 2016 or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I, and it was just like a, a passing comment on oh, way by a Bitcoin, right? And imagine if we'd looked it up and actually well, done it. Well, I was going to say, if you bought bought Bitcoin in 2016, you'd be laughing, no? Oh, oh yeah. 
Yeah. I wouldn't be here speaking to you. Wait, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, so it's. But I'm sure everyone's got that story of like, oh, well, if only I bought Bitcoin when it was. It doesn't seem that long ago. To mm, it's mental. So, yeah, it's mental. It's but yeah, buy Bitcoin, buy cryptocurrency, <laughs> make us all rich. Um, so going forward, what do you think your goals are for the future in terms of, well, in terms of painting and in terms of football for the team and and person personally. What is your plans? Um, football is always the same, kind of. I just treat football as work as hard, hard as I can and mm. prepare myself as much as I can. I think I've always been good at doing that. And, yeah. You know, I think I think when you don't try to cut corners and you just do everything right and stay focused and mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, you can sleep easy at night. Like, mm -hmm. I've just always treated it the same way as like don't get me wrong obviously i do the art and stuff like that as well but you know football is a short career that'll always be my 100 percent main focus mm -hmm. and then my art um in terms of art yeah i guess you could maybe plan a bit more i think just building brands really mm -hmm. um trying to work with more galleries like i'm working with a gallery in hong kong just now so mm, nice um I've been sending paintings over there. I've got like a group exhibition coming up. Um, and yeah, just uh, trying to make as, as many TikToks as I can. The <laughs> <laughs> man Leighton is blowing up on TikTok just now. <laughs> getting there. Getting, getting there. there. I'm just causing scandals on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's hating me. I've been cracking up at your TikToks, man. The Liverpool fans are oh. on you. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe how much heat I got for that. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I was getting a bit worried. Honestly, I was creasing. So I need to put a few more floor up. They're just slagging off Liverpool. I'll do someone <laughs> yeah, just, just directly like, at them, yeah. That's why you get engagement, though. That's you it. Like controversial, man. Well, that's it. I didn't really realise, like, how much engagement that stuff. And no wonder people do it. Oh, I know. No wonder people say stupid things, like calories don't matter, and you burn fat this way. And yeah, it's like, yeah. no wonder they say it, because they're probably laughing, because they've got fucking 200,000 views or a quarter of a million views on their stuff. It's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but yeah, I better just not go down to Liverpool anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, uh, football is a short career, um, especially when you have had injuries in the past, you know how quickly it can kind of oh, yeah. uh, can disappear really quick. Actually, is that one of the reasons why you think you train so hard all the time because you are doing quite hard so do you think that's because you know like in the past you've had injuries and is that something that's in the back of your mind like you've got to stay on top of your body yeah because um i know the experience of having like long-term injuries mm -hmm. and also seeing other boys have um injuries and stuff like mm -hmm. that and i just think i just think now if there's even the slightest chance to avoid that Mm -hmm. I'll take it. So I think that's why I'm so on top of it now because, you know, touch, touch wood, I've not had a lot of kind of injuries recently. Since you've been with me, I've which been is with some guy. very strange, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you want me? I'll just gas you up for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I think, that's, I think um, you're right, Inc. Because you've had that experience in the past, that's definitely pushed you yeah. to train harder. Hasn't it? I think it's it's really hard mentally when you're injured mm -hmm. and <laughs> and uh, you're just wanting to be involved because I'm just naturally kind of so active anyway yeah um so to be injured is very kind of like 
tedious, you know what I mean? Depending on what kind 100%. of injury you've got and you turn up to training all the time and you're just watching training yeah. and stuff like that. Me, me mentally, I just find well, that's it harder it. and harder. Uh, I'm going to speak to, this, uh, to Simon Murray about this so he's in the podcast soon because he had like, a really bad ACL injury. Like, mm-hmm. It's basically the worst injury you can do for a football. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it isn't really the physical thing. It's not the pain and it's not like, that's not really an issue. It's just more the mental factor. Uh, yeah. Like, the mental factor, the mental toll is just watching your boys playing, training, someone's taking your spot, they're performing well, mm. you know, you've got all these thing, questions in your head. It is definitely a huge mental toll on you, more than it is probably a physical toll. Yeah. So I think you're right on that. Right, we're going to get into some questions from the listeners, from the fans. Cool. If you could go back, this is quite good one actually, if you could go back and play for any previous team, what who would it be and why? What, any team... Well, you played for. played for, yeah, played for, yeah. If you go back and go, I want another crack at that team. I, I could have done better, or whatever, or I liked it there, or whatever it may be. Um, <coughs> that's a good question. You know what? Probably. I think, uh, in a way, I think Dundee because obviously I was at Dundee for a while, mm-hmm. and was obviously grew up there, done my youth there. And at the time when I'd obviously made first team debut mm-hmm. and, and, and done quite well, I think that's when I was starting to pick up a lot of injuries. Yeah. Like I had that in obviously I had that injury where I had um osseous pubics. Mm-hmm. Um so I was just inflamed, like hips and stuff like that were inflamed all the time and I felt I think I honestly missed like eleven months or something. Really? Just like yeah, it was just it's one of them ones where like you would feel good and it would settle down. Yeah. And then you'd go and run and you wouldn't be able to like get out of bed the next day. That's insane. Um, I just feel like if one or two things had went differently in terms of, I don't know, rehab or something yeah. like that, I guess it kind of just comes down to luck as well. Yeah, it does and a bit. maybe could have pushed on and signed a new deal and, and stuff like that. Because uh, to be fair, there was like a, quite a lot of like manager changes as well mm-hmm. when the end of my contract was coming up mm-hmm. and when I was getting in a rhythm I was feeling really good and I was kind of at that age where um, you know I was feeling like I was hitting a stride mm-hmm. and then it would just kind of like abruptly yeah. get stopped mm-hmm. um, so I felt like I, I maybe could have pushed on a yeah. little bit there but you know I think everything happens for a reason yeah that's it um, but you did, you're right because you did kind of burst on the scene like Mika Richards <laughs> but you're right you did have a big a big kind of first part of your career and I know, I know a lot of clubs were looking at you during that period mm. um, favourite goal you scored um, favourite goal I think maybe <laughs> I know a lot of Dundee fans will want me to say like the the Ross County one because mm-hmm. obviously it was such an important goal. Yeah. But I think just honestly, I think my f- just my first professional. Just because it was just a. It was just like momentous moment. Yeah, euphoria. Like, yeah. Um, it was at Dens and stuff like that, and yeah. you know, just somewhere that you'd obviously as a kid been in the stands, yeah. watching you know people score. So yeah, I just I just don't think anything really going top that beats that. No. Um, no. Favorite ground. That you've been at, or whatever. Um, just in terms of everything, like atmosphere, atmosphere, and 
or maybe even the, like the toughest guy. We like, ooh, toughest, fuck, yeah. like these guys, they hate me. <laughs> Go back to Airdrie. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, I know, I know. Like when I was, um, when I was at Airdrie playing at Celtic Park. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Was that intense? Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. It's intense. I can imagine you it feel intense. how, you know, the any anim- team that yeah. goes there can can feel kind of. The anim- like anim- anim- Ibrox, I mean, Ibrox is kind of like that as well. I think it's hard not to have a good because they're all quite close grims, aren't they? To the, yeah, like, the Ibrox pitch and they're like, like they're yeah, on top of you a little bit, and you've obviously got like forty, whatever, forty plus thousand yeah, people yeah. there. So yeah, mm. but so what? Well, you haven't picked one yet. You haven't picked one like Well, that's not really your favourite gun, though, is it? Nah, mm, I haven't seen a favourite gun. It's hard to it's hard to it answer that one. Yeah, pinpoint it down. Yeah, I, you know what? Like, <laughs> you, like I would say Celtic and Rangers in terms of like atmosphere. Yeah, but I remember we played it in. When I was in Iceland, we played mm. at Iceland's um, the national team's ground. Right, okay. And it was lovely. Really? Yeah, really nice. Oh. Um, Do you remember it what it was called? Hmm? What was it called? Oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> I tried to learn about Icelandic out there. No, that's maybe really hard to learn, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, meh. Like, yeah. I think I could count up to ten. Really? And that was it. That's I'm not even going to try. I was going to say, <laughs> you're setting yourself up for a failure. <laughs> uh, best player you've played with or against? I think we're going to ask every footballer I have on this question. Is yeah. good one. I like this one. Um, I always find these questions difficult because I feel like I've, it's like you play with players that have like the best of attributes. Right, okay. You know what I mean? So, I mean, in terms of like, you know, best finisher and, I think when I was coming through the youth, I would say Sparky Lee Griffiths was there and he was flying at the time. Yeah. I just remember we were doing finishing drills and his like left foot was a joke. Yeah. Um and then in terms of just like, you know, like ability when I was coming up through Dundee as well, like people like, you know, uh Gary Harkin, mm. stuff like that, just on the ball, technical Unbelievable. and stuff like that. Um against um, that's a good question as well. You know what? Actually, coming back to that Celtic game, mm-hmm. I think it was up against um, Boyata, right? And he was tough. Yeah, I think it was. It was a pairing of. I think it was Boyata and was it Benkovic? And uh, obviously, it was at Airdrie. We were struggling to keep the ball, and then there was one time where. I think I got played through. I'm thinking, yes, I've got a good chance yeah. here. Hit the channels. Yeah. <laughs> just out of nowhere. <laughs> he just strided, just strided across me. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And even just like challenging balls in the air. Like, I, I like to think I am could yeah, get up there with yeah, anyone and, and challenge in the air. Yeah. And like, I was losing really? a few headers. And I'm like, mate, are you even jumping? Like, That's insane. Yeah. You um, must be some athlete him then. Because you're probably one of the athletic guys I've got. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think he had the, the run on me a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just remember it was tough. I just remember thinking, you're not going to get much from Yeah, from this from guy. Then, like. That's impressive. Uh, best moment in your career? Best moment. Um, best moment. I think in terms of the significance, obviously, that Dundee... Um, 25 point yeah um, situation was mm-hmm. um, you know pretty incredible like looking back at it I think obviously because I was so young I didn't quite get 
get the yeah okay the full scale of how important it was yeah and you know there's Dundee fans coming up to me today like oh I remember that <laughs> day like brilliant you know what I mean so um I'm struggling to think of anything actually kind of like more personal but I think yeah I think in terms of significance because I was obviously so part of that that um that situation that it was that would be up there yeah hundred percent. Best manager. Mm, don't know about that. One. I've always been. <laughs> um, trying to think. Hartley must have been decent, though. Hartley. Yeah. Yeah, Hartley was good. It's it was a, a funny one that though because he actually released me from Dundee. Oh yeah. And then he signed me. There you go. Cove. Yeah. Cove, yeah. <laughs> Um, which was a weird one, but again, like the like with the player thing, I, d- I think I've just taken different things from different That's, managers. Yeah. It's hard to really say. Oh, Pinpoint. he's my yeah. actual favorite. I mean, when I was like Barry Smith was was quite good, even though it was very kind of like strict and mm-hmm. quite old school. And mm-hmm. When I was when I was younger player, I feel like he kind of needed that at that age, and then. Um, when I was at ARJ, I liked quite like Ian Murray, got mm-hmm. him quite well and done quite well under him. Um, yeah, so yeah, I actually yeah, hard to pick one. Final question: Best game you've played? The game where you were like, "I am on fire." Best game I've played. This will be a short list, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> these days to think. Um, trying to think who it was against. I think. Um, Done quite well against with Cove actually. Done quite well against Hibbs, first game of the season. I think it was in the cup. Right. Played really well then. Um, had a game against. I think I scored a worldie against uh, like Stenhouse Muir. Mm-hmm. Had a good game then. Um, yeah. There's going to be plenty more, so don't worry about it. There's going to be plenty more. Well, Lane, thank you very much for coming on the Enhanced Performance Podcast. If we can all make sure we support his artwork and goals that he scores when he (laughs) scores them, that'd be great. And I will see you guys on the next podcast. We out.